This episode of the Power Connects News You Can Use is brought to you by Amperon, the real-time pulse of global power grids at your fingertips. We must not confuse dissent with disloyalty. What did he say? You ready? Welcome into the Power Connect Podcast. I'm your host, Fred Davis. Episode 25 of the program happening on a Wednesday, a news you can use kind of day-to-day, folks. We've got a lot to get to today. As always, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast via Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star rating, listen to the entire podcast. We get you in and out of here in less than 10 minutes it is definitely worth your time. Then, of course, don't forget, big show on Thursdays. We welcome to the program Mr. Sean Kelly, CEO and co-founder of Amperon. Looking forward to that conversation. Of course, we're talking all things forecasting. We're talking all things grid. We're talking all things Houston. It is going to be a phenomenal conversation. Definitely check into that. So without further ado, let's get to the program. Here is news you can use. Battery storage usage goes big in 2021. The U.S. Energy Information Agency posted preliminary findings this week from its latest energy survey, and battery storage is booming. In the press release, the EIA said the capacity of utility-scale battery storage more than tripled in the United States during 2021, from 1.4 gigawatts at the end of 2020 to 4.6 gigawatts in 2021. Although battery systems have several common applications, the latest survey finds more of them are being used to store electricity when prices are low, and discharge electricity when prices are high, a strategy known as price arbitrage. The survey found that 93% of grid-scale battery capacity that came online in 2021 was co-located with solar power plants. During 2021, 59% of the 4.6 gigawatts of utility-scale U.S. battery capacity was used for price arbitrage, up from 17% in 2019. In certain markets, price arbitrage is more common than in others. For example, more than 80% of the battery capacity added in 2021 in the California Independent System Operator Service Territory was used for price arbitrage. As for the EIA survey, it collects generator-level specific information about existing and planned generators and associated environmental equipment at electric power plants with at least one megawatt or greater of combined nameplate capacity. The final report is due to be released on September 1st. Go to cleantechnica.com for more and or you can always go to the EIA website as well. Bolt owners get rebate with a twist. In addition to a $6,000 price cut for the model year 2023 Chevy Bolt, GM has also announced that they would offer rebates to customers who had already bought the small electric hatchback in model years 2020 to 2022. Of course, the Bolt has had some issues along the way as it had to recall 140,000 bolts and replace the batteries. According to Autoblog.com, however, that goodwill comes with a stipulation. If you accept the rebate and the battery catches on fire, you can't sue. The blog points out that an owner who found out about this first hand in the process of applying for the rebate, flag Jalopnik with the details. In the fine print of the rebate agreement, the owner must forever waive and release all claims, damages, or causes of action. The goodwill gesture applied to vehicles from 2020, 2021, and 2022 model years that were purchased, not least, in 2022. The rebate amount depends on a few factors like model year and what kind of car it is. A Bolt Forum user posted an example of the letter they received when the program was first implemented. You can go to autoblog.com for more on the story. 
Food waste gets served. In a who's who of the food world, Shabani, Kikoman Foods, Schreiber Foods, Hillebrand, and Polar Beverages are the latest food and beverage companies to join the Farm-Powered Strategic Alliance, a collaborative movement to boost food waste reduction and recycling and expand renewable energy production across America. The alliance, founded in 2020 by Vanguard Renewables, Unilever, Starbucks, and Dairy Farms of America, aims to avoid or eliminate food waste first and repurpose what can't be eliminated into renewable energy via farm-based anaerobic digesters. The organization announced the move in a press release on Tuesday. Quote, the addition of these five national brands to the Farm Power Strategic Alliance is proof that the work we are doing to decarbonize the food and beverage industry is making an impression on industry leaders, said Neil H. Smith, CEO of Vanguard Renewables. The FPSA is a group of like-minded companies committed to doing their part to help mitigate the climate crisis, and we look forward to working with our newest FPSA members to achieve our shared sustainability goals, to divert inedible organic waste, and turn that into renewable natural gas. Members of the Farm Powered Strategic Alliance commit to recycle unavoidable food and beverage waste on farms where it is combined with the farm manure in a farm-powered anaerobic digester to generate renewable natural gas. Say that five times fast. Hosting a farm-powered anaerobic digester provides farm partners with a diversified income stream in addition to a byproduct of the operation, a low-carbon fertilizer that host farms can spread in lieu of chemical fertilizers and supports regenerative agriculture practices. Quote, if we are to reach the United States' ambitious goals to reduce net GHG emissions by 50% below 2005 levels by 2030, it is imperative that private industry lead the way. That is why we formed the Farm Power Strategic Alliance and what our members are working towards every day, says Smith. Vanguard Renewables recently announced it will expand the Farm Power Strategic Alliance and plans to commission more than 150 anaerobic digesters to produce renewable natural gas across the country by 2026. You can go to VanguardRenewables.com for more information. Finally, a Bitcoin believer steps down as CEO. Apparently, the laser eyes on his Twitter avatar weren't enough as MicroStrategy CEO and co-founder Michael Saylor is stepping down from his CEO post. Michael Saylor will assume the new role of executive chairman as the enterprise software maker reported a second quarter loss of about $1 billion after taking a $917.8 million impairment charge related to the decline in the value of the Bitcoin it holds. MicroStrategy, based in Virginia, has been very bold in its public and financial support of Bitcoin. Saylor has been CEO of MicroStrategy since founding the company in 1989. Saylor will now focus on cryptocurrency acquisition strategy and related advocacy initiatives. Bitcoin has tumbled 59% in this quarter and traded at about 45% lower than the price at the end of the year earlier period. MicroStrategy President Fong Lee will take on the CEO role. For more on the story, you can go to fortune.com and bloomberg.com. That's going to do it for news you can use on a Wednesday. Don't forget, Mr. Sean Kelly, Amperon CEO and co-founder, joins us on Thursday. And then, of course, another news you can use. Shout out to everybody that has been paying attention and following the podcast. We do appreciate that. This thing continues to get stronger, and it's all because of the fine work you guys do in giving us a follow and checking us out. If you would like to be featured on news you can use, you've got a story, press release, whatever it might be, let us know. 
Connect with us on LinkedIn, Fred Davis and The Power Connect. And as always, you can connect with us by email, fred at thepowerconnect.net. That's fred at thepowerconnect.net. This has been the Power Connect podcast, news you can use, connecting the energy transition one conversation at a time. <laughs>